Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flatlining Podcast, a podcast that brings you great healthcare analysis and discussion each week. I'm Matthew Handley from Flatlining.net, and with me is the president and CEO of Fulcrum Strategies and economist Ron Howergan. Ron, how are you? I am great. I hope you are. I am, and I'm excited today because we're talking about your new book, Clear Reforming Healthcare to save the U.S. economy. And Ron, this really, uh, this book really serves as, a, as kind of a partner or a, or a sequel, if you will, to the first book you wrote, um, Flatlining, How Healthcare Could Kill the U.S. Economy. So I guess, which is where we get the namesake for this program and, and for our newsletter. So I guess we'll back up a little bit and talk about um, the, the beginning of the book, you know, what the problem is with our healthcare right now, what's causing us to flatline. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem in, in one part everybody understands, which is we pay an enormous amount of money for healthcare in this country, much more than really any other comparable country, whether you look at it as a percentage of GDP or spending per capita. Um, we are roughly twice as expensive as comparative countries, and it's creating a huge stress on our economy. It's what creates this problem with the uninsured. Um, and so it's putting this sort of enormous pressure on what we want to do as a country and as an economy. And the, the first book was really a diagnosis of the problem. Um, and the second book is, is from that same sort of perspective as my um, prescription for the cure. You know, what do we need to do to fix it? Mm-hmm. So the problem is we're just we're just spending way too much money on healthcare in this country compared to other countries. And we've talked about that a little bit before that this is one of those things where Bernie Sanders, you know, hits the nail right on the head that that we do have I probably I would say the most expensive healthcare anywhere in the world. Oh, by far. Mm-hmm. You know, by far. We um you know, if you look at it on a per capita basis, we spend almost $13,000 a year per capita on healthcare. If you look at what I would call comparative countries, countries that we would consider similar to us from a economy standpoint, from a quality standpoint, et cetera, countries like Germany, Japan, Switzerland, Canada, the UK, if you take the average of those comparable countries, they pay half of what we do. They spend about $6,000 per capita on healthcare. So not only are we the most expensive, there's nobody even close to us mm-hmm. on what we spend. One of the things uh, that is frequently talked about uh, as a a potential solution is Medicare for all. And and, and we'll take, for example, Bernie Sanders. He talks about this a lot because, uh, as he says, that, you know, these other countries like you just mentioned, the United Kingdom, Canada, they spend far less money per capita on health care than we do. And they have a, you know, universal coverage system. So therefore, that's the kind of system we need to go for. You seem to disagree with that. Tell me why. Yeah, my, my problem with saying that Medicare all will, for all will solve our cost problem is twofold. One, it, it doesn't address the understanding of what's driving the cost problem. Um, and secondly, it would create other problems on its own. It's a perfect perfect example of this or an analogy of this is I, I heard a physician one point say, you know what, rat poisoning will cure cancer. I was like, what do you, he goes, oh yeah, now it kills the patient. But boy, it kills that cancer too. (laughs) And so that's the problem of if you take that sort of simplistic view of it, um, you'll understand that the the side effects of Medicare for all um, are worse than the problem we already have. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why nobody treats cancer with rat poisoning. And, of course, we've talked about before that really the Medicare for all that Bernie Sanders proposes is really not like the the UK plan or the the, the Canadian plan uh, anyway, even though he 
seems to equate the two. Um, you, you also have in here uh, the one of the problems we have is universal coverage. And I know the Affordable Care Act was an attempt to try and help fix the problem of the uninsured and underinsured, uh, but it re- continues to remain a problem. So how is that causing uh, our health care to flatline? Well, what one of the things that we have to understand about health care, whether you're talking about our country or any other country, every country every society rations healthcare, just mm-hmm. like we ration housing, we ration everything, okay? Now, we in this country ration healthcare largely through money, through um, income. You know, the more income you have, the better access you have to great healthcare, and unfortunately, there's a 10% of our population right now really doesn't have access to health insurance, um, and, and they tend to be at the lower socioeconomic rung of, the, of society. Other countries, Canada, England, et cetera, ration it through access or quality. Mm-hmm. So everybody's rationing. We just choose a different way to, to ration it. Um, we haven't gotten to universal coverage because we've never put anything in place that would force universal coverage. Like some of the other countries that have a more socialistic approach, and they say, well, everybody's covered by the mere fact that you're in this country. Um, and in our country, we saw about 10% without access to health care or, or health insurance, so to speak. That hurts us because that 10% tends to have higher um, issues with certain disease states, et cetera, because they don't have access to preventative care. Um, You can take a look at that population and realize what happens when you can't afford to get a screening mammogram Mm -hmm. or a colonoscopy or, you know, your, your immunization schedule if you're a child, et cetera. So, you know, it's a problem in that we've got a big chunk of this population that doesn't have insurance and that drives up cost. Did the Affordable Care Act help or did it hurt more in this situation? It did help. So prior to the Affordable Care Act, we had a, a much more significant percentage. We'd got one point up to about 18, 17, 18% uninsured and cut it and, you know, down to about 10%. But we didn't get all the way there. You know, we didn't get to zero or to, to um, low single digits, if you will. Um, we used to hear a lot about repeal and replace for Obamacare, and that was seen as kind of the, the Republican plan. I haven't heard about that in, in a little while. So right now, what, what is the Republican plan and, and why is that also part of the problem? All right. So you got to listen carefully because this is what it's good. The Republican plan is. Yeah, I see. You just heard. Okay. Silence. They don't have one. <laughs> um, and that's unfortunate um, because it, there are viable options to take our current system, an largely employer-based coverage system, and work within those constructs and, and fix the problem. And probably easier to do because less change to our, our current system. But the Republicans haven't put forth a plan in forever about that. They've been purely focused on sort of being anti-Medicare for all or mm-hmm. anti the Affordable Care Act. And and I think that's unfortunate because there, there are some options there. We just aren't pursuing it. And, and I would add that in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had uh, anti-medical establishment, which has helped fuel some of these uh, um, things as well. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I thought it was funny. I saw something the other day that you know, Joe Rogan on his podcast is trying to get a debate between um, 
Kennedy, you know, the anti-vaxxer yep. and Peter, and I'm trying to blank out his name, one of the, uh, you know, sort of the, the experts that you always saw on TV about, you know, the COVID vaccine. And, and he, he sort of pitched it as a debate between two scientists. I was like, the hell it is. You know, I mean, right. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Kennedy's not a scientist. Yeah. And, um, you know, the fact that we think that's a serious discussion um, is problematic. And it just right. shows how much sort of anti medicine establishment has happened and that's unfortunate right and, and if listeners are interested they can find uh, our profile we did on robert f kennedy jr uh from a couple weeks ago on the flatlining podcast just scroll down in whatever app you're looking for, whatever app you're listening on today and uh, you can find it there as well though it's in his own words I, we drew conclusions from what he said it's not we're not uh yeah. throwing anyone under the bus because we feel like it we're not doing it because he's a democrat but it's in his own words, uh, his opinions on vaccines, and in particular, the COVID vaccine. Um, one other thing under this kind of what is the problem category is cost control. Explain that to me. Yeah, so um, if we're going to fix this problem, we have to address the root problem, which is cost. Um, how much we're spending, why we're spending so much money. And we've got to get at what are the drivers of that problem. You know, one of the first things you want to do if you've you know if you've got a leak plug the leak mm -hmm. um you know stop the stop the water from coming in so to speak um until or unless we deal with the root drivers of cost control we're never going to fix this problem and unfortunately and and this will you know a lot of people will, will probably disagree with this our problem isn't how we finance healthcare. Okay. Whether it was, you know, financed entirely by the government in a Medicare for all plan, whether it's our current environment, where which is largely, you know, um, driven by employer based insurance, how we pay for it is not the driver of the cost control. We've really got to look into what are those things that make us more expensive. A lot of them, a large number of them have to do with sort of byproducts of being the richest country in the world, the, the most affluent economy in the world. There are things like obesity. There are things like um, substance abuse. You take those two things alone, okay, and all of the various things that happen with obesity. We are the, we are the country with the largest caloric intake in the world, mm -hmm. um, but we don't pay the most for food. We're actually 15th when it comes to average spend per, per capita. So we got a lot of cheap food in this country, a lot of it very fairly unhealthy. Um, we are number two in substance abuse. Okay, and if you remove alcohol, which puts Russia in the number one spot, we're number one. Well, it's because we have a lot of excess income. We can pay for, for harmful and recreational drugs and we can pay for a lot of food. You take those two things by themselves, and these are, I think, fairly conservative estimates we spend an extra $232 billion a year because of alcohol and substance abuse. Um, and on the obesity scale, we spend about $120 billion a year extra. Um, and those are, we think, fairly conservative estimates. Well, okay, there's, you know, 380, almost $400 billion just in those two things. And there are other examples of where we, we have a fairly sedentary lifestyle. We do a bunch of things really to try to 
kill ourselves as, as young as we possibly can, and we've got a healthcare delivery system that does an amazing job keeping us alive. Mm-hmm. You've got to deal with some, a lot of those root, and there's other things, but you've got to deal with a lot of those root cause things. You've got to deal with things like tort con- reform so that there isn't defensive medicine, the amount of money we spend in this country for administrative things, prior authorization, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but until you get at those root cause things, how you finance it, whether it's government or employer-based, to a large degree is irrelevant. And we'll talk about some of those reform things here in a bit. This is a special edition of the Flatlining Podcast. We're talking with Ron today about his new book, Clear, Reforming Healthcare to Save the U.S. Economy. You can find links to purchase it at flatlining.net. Just click books. We're going to take a quick break now to tell you about our next edition of Pulse Check on the Candidates. I am pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, anti-woke, anti-China, and... I am pro-freedom in every possible way. But, as you may have guessed, I am laser-focused on one thing, the economy. In fact, I am the one candidate that has a plan for solving our problem. Midwest businessman Perry Johnson has been campaigning nonstop in Iowa. After getting third place in the CPAC straw poll, he's doing his best to make a name for himself and his platform, Two Cents to Save America. It's a very simple concept. Instead of having the government spend every single penny in their budget, every single year, going out of their way to throw your money away, I say we do just the opposite. I'm gonna do what I did in every company. We freeze the budget and we cut two cents out of every dollar of discretionary spending every year. On the next edition of Pulse Check on the Candidates, I'll tell you what that means for Medicare, Medicaid, and the rest of our healthcare system. I'll also tell you which federal department he wants to eliminate completely. Make sure you're subscribed to the Flatlining Podcast so you don't miss this next edition of Pulse Check on the Candidates. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also have every episode and our weekly e-newsletter delivered to your inbox by signing up for free at flatlining.net. I'm speaking with Ron Howergan today about his new book, Clear, Reforming Healthcare to Save the U.S. Economy, which is available at flatlining.net. Just click the Books tab at the top of the page. I want to stay with the the cost thing real quick because we're we're talking about some of these contributing factors that drive up our costs and make things so expensive. And you just pointed out a a very big one, which is American lifestyle. Um, Another one that we've talked about before is that the is that five percent of patients consume um, over half of our healthcare. Talk about a little bit about how that makes our healthcare expensive as well. Well, what we've got here is a system where, like you say, 5% of the people consume about 50% of all the care. And, and what a lot of people think, and some of it is this, is that's things like transplants or these, these ultra expensive things. Well, it's really not. It's a lot of people with what we think of as long-term chronic diseases or illnesses. You know, things like COPD, things like diabetes, things like rheumatoid arthritis. Things are, These are, you know, things that um, people have for issues with for a lifetime, and they fit into that 5%. Um, Those people in this country are largely what I would call unmanaged. Um, You know, we don't have a very good system to take somebody with one of those conditions, illnesses, or diseases and say, we want to really work with you to see how, you know, how we can help you control your condition or disease state. 
Um, instead, we just sort of keep, you know, fixing the problem. You know, when you run into exacerbation with your COPD, we'll, we'll treat you. Um, we won't help you deal with your obesity, um, which is driving your, you know, some of your diabetes or other issues. We'll just treat the, you know, the, the effects of it. Um, that in my mind is, is sort of silly. Instead, we should have a system that kind of works individually with them on how to get them to a better health status, disease state, et cetera, and efficiently mm -hmm. use the resources to help them do that. Imagine, if you will, if we could take 5% of the population and reduce their healthcare cost by 20%, okay, which is not an unachievable thing. Mm -hmm. If we did that, that's a 10% total reduction in our healthcare cost in this country. That's $400 billion a year. Okay, right. that's massive. Um, so that's how that's driving the, the situation. We've got a small number of people who are really driving the, the cost structure. From a government perspective, um, you could point out that a lot of the a lot of our healthcare costs come from the Medicare and Medicaid programs, in part because we've decided we're going to take care of our seniors, we're going to take care of uh, the poor who can't afford their own uh, health insurance. A lot of fiscal conservatives like to point to that and say the costs of those programs are too high. But of course, as we've talked about before, the Medicare fee schedule affects a lot more things than just Medicare. It affects a lot of commercial fee schedules as well. So tell me a little bit about wh whether or not you think that some of the government spending on healthcare is part of the problem here. Well, again, I, I, I don't think it's the, it's the financing of it, whether the dollars come through the government, through our taxes, or whether they come from sort of private sources. Mm -hmm. I think you've got to sort of dig a little bit deeper. So let's take Medicare, for example. Here's one of the things that I think we need to take a look at. One of the things we don't do well in this country is decide when care may be possible but shouldn't be provided okay and we're talking about that last year of life okay and again before anybody gets all upset i'm not talking about death panels i'm not right. talking about withholding care i'm talking about adding an economic component into a care decision and i'll, I'll use a real personal example my father um, who passed away um, when he passed away he was diagnosed with two primary cancers Okay, he's a was an overachiever his whole life in sports, et cetera. So getting just one cancer wasn't good enough for him. He had to get two. So he had lung cancer and liver cancer. Okay. Um, at the same time that he had that diagnosis, we knew that he was in the early but starting to advance quickly stages of Alzheimer's. Okay. His doctor talked to him about treatment options, which would have included surgery, radiation therapy, and chemotherapy. Okay. Given his cancers. Even with that, he was looking at maybe another six months of life and not great life, you know, pretty lousy quality of life. Again, at the same time, he's dealing with Alzheimer's. And if my father had said, yeah, let's do it, Medicare would have spent a lot of money on caring for him. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't say, let's do it. We, he and I talked and, and he decided that that wasn't a great thing he didn't want to do. He wanted to enjoy the time he had left. So that expense didn't happen. Those kind of decisions have to start to come into it. And that will have a huge reduction in cost for the Medicare program. Um, it's oddly enough, one would think that the average cost for last year of life would continue to go up the older you get. You're harder to care for, et cetera. It doesn't. It actually peaks at 73. So my, my point is, 
people who pass away at 80, 85, et cetera, actually spend less money in their last year of life than people who are at 73. And why is that? Well, because intuitively, as people get older, we start to come to grips with, boy, I don't know if we should do that surgery on grandma. She's 89 years old. Right. And there's a more of a choice. That age should be part of it because it should be a consideration of, you know, what, what kind of extra life can you have? What does it look like? But those decisions need to be more factored in. Same thing happens on the Medicaid side where, you know, you have a lot of money being spent, let's say, for premature infants that are never going to leave the hospital and stuff like that. So, again, long way to say it's not whether the government finances it or not. We've got to get deeper and start to look mm -hmm. at what we're spending money on. Should we be spending that money? There are areas we should be spending more money on preventative care um, and less in other areas. I'll finish my conversation with Ron Howard again next week when we discuss how we reform this system. You can find Ron's new book, Clear, Reforming Healthcare to Save the U.S. Economy at flatlining.net. Just click the Books tab at the top of the page. The Flatlining Podcast is a production of flatlining.net and Fulcrum Strategies, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Be sure to subscribe to the Flatlining Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Ron Howard and I'm Matthew Handley. Have a great week.